0: what's going on everybody this is your boy cody and i'm with my wife
1: hi everyone this is jasmine
0: and this is uh episode two of our podcast we now have a name for it and it's called above love we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on in the podcast but uh i think right now we want to um Start off on a topic that was uh, brought to me by Jasmine this week that she wanted to discuss. I believe it was because of a specific scenario that went down this week. Jasmine, do you want to introduce the first uh, first topic of the day?
1: Yes. Um, what I would love to talk about, especially relationship-wise, um, is double standards for men and women in relationships. Um, I definitely think that all men have some type of double standards, whether it could be on the extreme men or um, Could be extreme or not too extreme, but still there's double standards there, and I would like to talk about that and address that.
0: You said all men have double standards. Women have double standards as well. Um, whether you believe it or not, it's actually there, and it's documented. There's, there's a lot of articles about it. I actually did a little bit of research after you brought Uh-oh. this up.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah. One. <laughs> this is my husband. Here we go.
0: I just have, I mean, I I had to do a little bit of research, you know, I wasn't just going to let you jump at me without me being able to have some type of defense and, uh, offensive, uh, strategy, uh, with this topic. I'll let you go ahead and start off. though. Give me one. Well,
1: um, one of the specific things in our relationship is that, you know, one of the specific things in our relationship is that, you know, um, I, um, I do the events committee in my neighborhood. Actually, I kind of started that, and every now and then we go into planning for a different event for a different holiday. And a, during that time, which is a short period, maybe it could be a month or so, during that time, a lot of my time is consumed with planning an event. And um, my husband, also, he is um, the mentor chair for the Emerging 100 of Houston. Um, so, he does a lot of things on a weekly basis. Like, sometimes it's during the week. Well, most times it's during the week. And then, of course, his Saturdays are almost completely taken. And um, I feel like, you know, since his his thing is more on a continuing thing, and mine is kind of, like, based on a type of event, um, I kind of give him his space, you know, when he has obligations outside of the household. I kind of let him go, and I don't really – say hey well I plan on doing this and why can't you be available for that and you know, I kind of like give him some space especially on Saturdays if I have something planned I either plan around what he's doing or me and JR would just go and do things ourselves. I mean I really don't want him to feel like oh wow you know I'm not there for the family but then this is not true sometimes I can't say all the time but sometimes when um, it's, for me, it's on me You know, the last, this last event, we did an Easter, um, Easter egg hunt and the day of the event, you know, my husband was kind of like moping around the house. It's like, you know, what's your problem? What's your attitude? He was like, you know, I need you to myself. And it's like, you know, um, what do you mean, need me to myself? You know, you know, you're busy every Saturday. I give you that. And here's one Sunday have this whole year that I'm busy, you know, now that you're, you're moping around because I'm giving my attention to something else. And sometimes I feel like um, there's a lot of double standards when it comes to that.
0: Well, I'm going to be honest. Yes, I'm selfish when it comes to your time, because in my mind, I feel that you should be available whenever I want you to be available. And that that I do need to work on. I agree with that. But that particular instance, I wasn't moping around because of that. It was something else that you had did or not did. It was it was it was some other uh, reason behind me having an attitude that morning. It had nothing to do with you having to go do the event. That wasn't the issue. No, My- like you
1: because you actually said that day, that that particular day that oh I I am I selfish? I don't want you I want you to myself. Like you actually said that.
0: I just said that on the podcast right then. I do want you to myself I know,
1: but it wasn't For that particular event, it wasn't something that I did before because I was busy. It was
0: nothing. Whenever y'all have an event that you have to plan for, y'all end up having to meet uh, at least least once a week, right? Right. And sometimes it's inconvenient for me because, like, say, for example, I do uh, counseling. And so I, I have counseling, like, on Tuesdays. And so it's difficult for me to be able to pick him up and bring him here. And then go to that counseling session that evening. And it just it's difficult. And so sometimes I'm frustrated from that. But I guess it's too far. Uh, it, it happened a couple of weeks ago. So I can't really remember that exact reason of me having to attitude. But I don't recall it being just because you were going to be gone that day.
1: Yes, it was
0: okay whatever maybe it was maybe it was because
1: like because because to be honest because like when i do my when i do events it's a lot you know before i got into event planning you know i kind of thought event planning would be simple like you know what's the um big deal of you know networking and and you know you call these different vendors you know you think it's simple but it's really time consuming especially on the day of um you have to make sure everything is put in place everybody's Knows what they're doing, that are volunteering, so it's very, it's, it's actually very um, time consuming. I mean, and and I just feel like there's a double standard in my relationship when it comes to something like that. Like when I'm giving my full attention to something, my husband kind of gets on the jealous side, you know, and um, but when he's giving his full attention to something, I'm more supportive, and I wish that you know you would be more supportive of me when it comes to me having to give my undivided attention to something else.
0: So I guess uh, that's what we could do to try to eliminate that double standard is for me to kind of be more understanding that at times I will have to share you with the rest of the world.
1: Yes, just like I had to share you with the rest of the world, all of Houston.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But see, I, I, I try to incorporate y'all in, in some of the events and stuff that we have, um, I, you, and you've witnessed that because we've gone on some of the mentoring trips. You know, you've been on, you've been there uh, at least a couple of times, and Jr. has gone. Yes, several, and that's uh,
1: me, and that's me being supportive of you. But when I have events going on, you know, you're moping around, and then you're like, you know. I'm going to have nap time with Jr. And it's like you know, I you don't ask me. Hey, is there anything that you want me to do? And then you are moping around because my
0: oh, come on now, don't 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 throw that false narrative out there like that. Like <laughs> it's been several events that I was literally a DJ of of your event and didn't know until I showed up. Yes,
1: it didn't. And then you threw a fit about that, didn't you?
0: Yes, because you told me when I showed up, I was trying to bring little man around to the vendors and stuff. He was like, "Oh, can you DJ?" Like what? I didn't plan for this. I didn't have anything. You know, I didn't have any material. You know what I'm saying? I like to be prepared for things. You, you just told me as soon as I got there. Whatever. And then I've even helped. I've helped set up. I've helped pick up. Don't don't act like I haven't helped. I've helped.
1: But when you're in your feelings, you don't help. Okay. Because you're being your feelings.
0: <laughs> okay. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. But, but now I want to um, tell you a, a double standard that exists with women.
1: Okay. I'm ready for it.
0: Y'all oftentimes use sex as a weapon. Okay. You know, y'all have the power of when we have sex, y'all get it whenever y'all want to. But sometimes y'all use it as a reward for good, and punishment for bad. So if you, if you don't like something we did, we ain't getting none. And then if we do something that you like, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, here here's a uh, here's the cookie per se.
1: You know what I feel about that statement?
0: <laughs> what? Pure
1: garbage.
0: That's garbage? Yes. So it's not true? It's not true at all. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. Let
1: me tell you this. I don't mentally keep anything from you because I'm upset and angry at you or try to do something for you because you've done something.
0: I, I, okay. Keep going. You need to elaborate on that.
1: So, especially when it comes to when it comes to sex, I don't give you sex because it's a reward for you because you you do something. Because if that's the case, you know, our, it'd be a whole lot more often than what it is, right? Do, I don't know. You tell me. You do a lot on a daily basis.
0: Well, I should be getting booty every day then. You know what I'm saying?
1: are we keeping this PG-13 because we're going to have people like our family and stuff listen to this?
0: We're a married couple, Jasmine. We, ha- we, we, we have sex.
1: Well, can you at least uh, talk like a
0: 31-year-old? I am talking like a 31-year-old. No, you're talking like a teenager. No, I'm letting you know. I can't be open-minded and, and let you know exactly how I feel on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> no, but I can remember times to where you have threatened. You said, okay, now if you have an attitude this week, like you had last week, then you won't, we won't be having sex. You can't remember saying something like that?
1: Well, and and I'm not saying that as a punishment, it's just that for me, you know, with guys, different sex is more of a physical thing. You guys could be mad, upset, angry, it's a physical thing, but for women, it's more emotions, it's more of the mood. And I'm like that with everything. Like, you know, when I go to, like going to work, when I go to work, I, I put on my essential oils, you know, if I'll, I'll, if I want to be in chill mode, I'll turn off my main light in my office and I'll put on my lamp. You know, I kind of have to set the mood, especially if I have a lot of stuff going on. I like to kind of set the mood for what my day is going Mm. to be about, you know, in order for me to be very productive and effective of what I do during my day, you know, so like I'm the same with when it comes to sex, it's like, you know, it's about the mood. So of course, if you have an attitude towards me. I'm not going to be in a in a positive mood to want to share that intimacy with you if you're going to have an attitude.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, maybe we can agree to disagree, but that is definitely a double standard. Because even when you said you weren't using it as like a form of punishment or anything, it can't. You can't see how I can actually see it from that perspective, right?
1: But you. But you know how it's funny with men. It's like we're talking about double standards. And the first thing you bring up is sex. Are you serious? Well,
0: because hey, I'm saying, like, we, we're simple beings, Jasmine. We are very simple beings. If cert-
1: I agree with that.
0: Exactly. So simple certain minded. things just line up. We're not, you said simple-minded. That's a slug right there. We're not, we're not simple-minded. We're, um, we're logical human beings. Y'all are
1: logical, simple human beings.
0: Y'all, we're practical and logical. Y'all are emotional above all else.
1: And you guys are emotional, too.
0: In a different sense, You like to put the
1: emotions towards females, but guys are more emotional, I feel like, than females, because they're not used to being emotional, so when you are emotional, it's like it's like PMS on steroids.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um... Yeah, and you know why that is in a relationship is because typically as as a black man, the only time we can show emotion is with our spouse and maybe you know our children in an intimate setting. And there aren't that many intimate settings um that we that we can just be open like that. You know what I'm saying? So we are emotional especially when it comes to our wives, our girlfriends, you know, our our close family or even our inner circle. So yes, I I can see that, but you you can also see how me saying we don't have really any outlets to be emotional outside of that, you can see how it could be, um, it could be a lot at times. So we, we overexpress our emotions at times, but that's with y'all.
1: Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. And a lot of times you take, you take those suppressed emotions out on us because a lot of times, a lot of times I ask you, Hey, Cody, how are you feeling? I'm okay. Okay. I know that you're not okay. I said, I'm Okay it's like, dude, I've been with you for over a decade. You know, we've been married for almost eight years. Like, I know you inside out. I know that you're not okay. Stop telling me that you're not okay. But, well, sometimes I don't want to talk about it. It's like, that's fine. Like, I'm not pressuring you to talk about it then. But you need to say, you know what? You know what, Jasmine? I'm not okay. But I don't want to talk about it. Something simple as that.
0: Well, I think, I think I've think i gotten better with that since, you've let, since you let me know that it, if I can just say, you know, I, I'm not okay, but I don't want to talk about it. You've told me that. And I think I've gotten better with that. Yeah, a little bit. And see, you gotta crawl before you walk. You know what I'm saying? So give me props for that. I'm trying. I'm trying. But um. But I do, do think that the
1: double. I do think that the double standards are there. I mean, sometimes I feel like in a relationship, um, especially individuals, sometimes you only see. You know, let's talk about that. You only see what you do in a relationship. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll say, "Well, I did all this this week." Like I've been sitting around with my feet propped up and you catering to me. See, like, I haven't done anything.
0: No, and that whenever I say something like that, it's 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 built up uh, frustration and probably built up anger to where I probably should have pulled you aside and you know itemized things as they actually happen. But you know, whenever they compile, you know it just it it, it begins to uh, be a, an overload in my brain, and so I'm upset uh, at multiple things, but I lash out about one thing. You know what right. I'm saying?
1: But then you then you then another thing you say, Well, I need appreciation. And it's like, okay, I understand that. You know, sometimes, you know, um we can get in our head and say, Well, I do things too. Well, I gotta sit there and thank you for stuff. But it's like, okay, my husband needs appreciation. So when you do things, and I don't do it for every single thing, I'm not trying to I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you and say I do it for every little thing that you do, but you know, I do at least once or twice a week, you know, try to say, Hey, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing that. But it's like, there's a double standard there. It's like, oh, I need appreciation. But what about, you know, reciprocating that? Like, I need appreciation too.
0: And I feel like the way that I try to show you appreciation is, you know, when you come home from work, because, all right, let's, let's just say it's, it's difficult for a woman to have, uh, raise, raise kids and work at the same time, have a career and a family. I understand that. And so the afternoons, you always have the option of just coming in the house. And you know, relaxing, unwinding. I'll, I, you know, I cook. I'll deal with the little man and stuff like that, to where you're able to kind of unpack your day. You know, uh, if, if you want to think about things that went on in, at work, you can do that without being bothered by a little man or me. And you can just chill and watch TV. You know what I'm saying? And then you know you're gonna have something to eat. You know, little man's gonna be taken care of. He's gonna have a bath. You know, he's gonna be able to be put to sleep. You know, you get that. You get that opportunity. That's me showing appreciation for you uh, taking on the, the dual duties of being a, a a mom, a wife, or the triple duties of a mom, a wife, and a, a career woman. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I might not show it in ways that you uh, might want me to. And, and I, I guess that needs to be kind of vocalized. I kind of want to know which ways can I show it to you other than what I try to do now.
1: Well, sometimes it's, it's more than just action. I think guys are so focused on the action and not the actual
0: words. Hmm. And see, I'm the opposite. Like, I'd rather action than words. Like, I, I'd i rather you show appreciation than say uh, thank you or I appreciate it. Because to me, actions speak louder than words. And Right, I guess but, when, to...
1: but when someone doesn't understand those actions as appreciation, you need the word thank you. Because a lot of times you don't see the things that I do as appreciation.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, um, I guess it's back on me because I have another example of a double standard. Um, Watching television shows. You know that I watch damn near anything that you want to watch just so we can watch TV together. Right? Right. I mean, I even, I've even watched the Kardashians, several episodes of it, and you know I can't stand the Kardashians, right? Right. You don't seem to um, reciprocate that particular sentiment. (laughs) Do you see how that can be a double standard? I watch what you want to watch so I can spend time with you, but you don't watch what I want to watch in order to spend time with me.
1: But like a double standard is something that that you set for somebody else and you kind of um, don't reciprocate, reciprocate. Right. That's that's
0: exactly what I just explained.
1: No, but like you. But you set the standard. I never came to you and said, hey, Cody, you need to watch my stuff. No,
0: but if we're that's
1: something that that's something that and I'm not saying it's nothing I need to work on. I'm not saying that's not nothing I need to work on. I'm just saying the definition of a double standard. I never came to you and said, hey, babe, you need to do this, but then I won't do it back to you.
0: I disagree. I feel like a double standard is something that's um, one sided. No, I definitely feel that's what uh, <laughs> I definitely feel. That's what it is. And You don't you disagree with that? That's. Darren well, no, because
1: you. because a, do- a double standard is uh, you have to set a standard. A standard is like I set that this is what I expect you from you, but then I don't do the same back. That's a double standard. Is when you set. I never said, "Hey, Cody," because there's been times where, like when you. I don't want you watching Kardashians because you're sitting over there. oh what? And then you're making fun of them. Like I'd rather watch my Sean Peace.
0: Double standard is a rule or principle that is unfairly applied in different ways to different people or groups.
1: Exactly. That's what I said. A a standard you have to something that has to be set.
0: No, I said not did you hear me say set? Did that come out of my mouth? You keep throwing that in there.
1: A rule read or, read, the, a read rule... the definition of the a a double a, standard
0: again i'm trying to read can you let me read, okay, read it. a rule a rule or principle that is unfairly applied in different ways to different people
1: and i just said the same thing in a different way it's something that is set it's a something a rule that has been applied or
0: a principle or a principle, a principle is not necessarily set by one side but
1: it says a principle that's been applied
0: it's definitely been applied so because. It, so
1: that means it has to be in order for something that has to be applied or a principle or, or a rule. It has to be communicated, right? So it has to be something that I told. It has. So double it, standard is no. that I have to say. Like if no. I say, "Hey, Bay, you need and, to watch and, my stuff. You need to do this. You need that," and then I don't do that to you. Well, first, first
0: point. of all, first of all, don't call me Bay. I don't like that. Bay, don't, don't, don't ever do I that. I said, oh, "Babe." Oh, okay, okay. I didn't hear that. But in order for it to be applied, it doesn't have to be – it just has to be signed off on in order for it to be applied. Okay. So it's, it's signed off on whenever I say – when I'm sitting down watching TV, toss you the remote, say, hey, watch whatever you want to watch, and you turn to your, cho- your show all the time versus whenever we're sitting there watching TV, I ask you for the remote or you give me the remote, and I turn to something that I know you're going to watch and pay attention to because when I put it on something that I want to watch, you go directly – to sleep you don't even try to watch
1: it. i go to i go to sleep on stuff that i i like
0: not not initially you end up falling asleep like when i turn into something that i want to watch you literally turn over I, like you ain't even watching but that's, You're watching but, the that's, back of the but that's
1: not a double center that's something that you you feel like that you take the you, you feel like you take the time to do that for me and you just want me to take the time to do that for you that's that's kind of, a, that's, that's not really falls in definition of a double standard. It is something that I need to work on um, with you in a relationship to, you know, kind of give you the same kind of attention that that you give me. It's not a double standard. It's not like I've told you, this is what you need to do, and then I won't do the same for you.
0: Agree to disagree.
1: That's all we can do.
0: Yeah, but you're wrong.
1: But um, we can move
0: <laughs> on. Do you have any other examples of double standards? Because I can nitpick and I can tear your argument apart for each uh, each uh, example that you have as well. But we don't but we I want don't. this
1: to be like a two hour podcast.
0: No, nah, it's not two hours and it's not going to be. Two hours. <laughs> we only have we only have a couple of a couple of topics to uh, touch on. But this is one that you actually wanted to speak about. And you brought it to my you brought it to my attention that you wanted to speak about double standards, so i said okay let let's speak about it let's speak about it So if you have anything else, let me know.
1: All I have to say about this to end this topic is that you know if there are double standards and things that are in your relationship, I think that it's best to go ahead and address those things and come to some type of medium ground
0: and I agree with that so uh moving on to the next topic, the next topic is um Above Love Conception, how we came up with the um, the name of the podcast. And I want to just uh, give a background on Jasmine and I. Um, first met her, I guess it was fall of 2006. It was, uh, she was in my chemistry class and she was also in my geology class. And I remember seeing her and I told my partner Earl, <laughs> I said, hey, you know, I'm gonna get her. That's that, you know, that's gonna be me. And he was like, All right, all right. So, what I started doing, I started sitting behind her in chemistry class, uh, just to, you know, kind of get closer to her or whatever. And so, what I'd, what I'd do is I'd ask her for like a pencil or a pen every single class. So, whenever she was in front of me, you know, I'd tap her on the shoulder or something like that, get her attention and ask, her, Could I borrow something? So, when she would give it to me, you know, I'd smile at her and kind of, you know, a little, a little flirting or whatever. And she ended up, um, being the best student in that class, man, I mean, it was a difficult uh, course. The teacher, Dr. Bright, made it a lot more difficult than she should have. She did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But um, She uh, graded pretty strictly, uh, and there was a curve. And Jasmine would always mess up the curve because she'd sit down, take the test, and in about five minutes, she'd be out. And I'm like, man, either this girl really, really smart or is she really, really stupid? You know what I'm saying? Like, either or. But it turned out she was really, really smart. And so... You know, I saw she was getting uh, almost hundreds on the on the test. And so I asked her to be my tutor. And so from that, you know, I kind of I kind of put the uh, put the game down from there. And uh, <laughs> we ended up uh, going out, going out to eat. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and we ended up dating and we dated from, I guess, 06 to what, to, till we graduated in 09. And then uh, that's when I wanted to propose to her. I wanted to propose to her as we both walked across the stage, but I ain't had no money, man. I, I was a college student and I didn't have my, my job yet. And so right after I got my job, I proposed the, um, was it, I proposed that same year after I got the job, actually. It was in, right. I started working in July and I proposed in, in November. November. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, um, yeah, we got married in, in 2010. Um, you know, she was still, fi- she was finishing up her second degree as we moved out here to texas and things like that and so we um we began to continuously uh grow closer and closer and uh we ended up finally moved after she graduated we moved out here to houston in hopes that she would get a a, a position um in the industry that she wanted to be a, a part of and she ended up getting that job and so um we ended up going through a lot of a lot of difficulties she was going off for of shore uh, she was gone for like two weeks at a time, come back, sometimes even come back for a couple of days and ended up going offshore again. That was difficult, but we got through that because I know, um, I mentioned to her, you know, I I, I had always wanted to have a kid. Uh, I just, I always loved kids and I always knew I wanted to be a dad. And so, you know, I told her that, but we couldn't do that with her going offshore. So she ended up finding a job to where she wouldn't have to go offshore anymore. So she, um, did that, started that job to where she wouldn't have to go offshore anymore. And so we, uh, ended up having a little man and that kind of brought our love like to the next level whenever you uh, procreate with with uh, a person that you love and uh having a, a beautiful child it kind of brings it to the next level and so we did that and so it, you know we're a family of 3 now and love just is it it doesn't um sum up what we have um because in addition to just having a little man and both of us loving each other we have to cont- we, we continuously grow and so we have to try to continuously grow together. So the concept uh, the concept of uh, above love is we have to go beyond just, you know, standard love. We have to go beyond that if we want it to progress and we want it to be fruitful for both of us. So we have to see uh, how we both grow individually so we can grow uh, together because we want to grow together and not grow apart. So that's I think that's like the ultimate meaning of, I you know, the Bible says equally yoked. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um and I feel like the above love is kind of expressing and showing what it is to go beyond just the surface going beyond a bare minimum because we have to we have to try extremely hard because with both of us changing uh getting different um interests um being involved more in the communities and the churches and stuff like that we like like we've been discussing we have to kind of adapt you know our, our way of thinking has to it has, to, it has to grow. It has to change. Um, and I think that um, embodies the the above love concept. Um, yeah,
1: we... and, just, and just adding to that, um, I feel like in a marriage, and I know everyone, you know, belief system is different. Everybody doesn't um, believe the same things. But for me, and, you know, how I was raised, I was raised in a Christian household. And with marriage, you know, God is always first. And um, name this podcast above love. Show that you have to understand that a relationship, um, can only be strengthened through a spiritual way. You know whether whether you believe in God, Jesus, who you know Muhammad, whoever you believe in, it's a spiritual connection that strengthens. You know any kind of relationship. You know that trust that has to be built. But what really made me decide to move forward with my husband was not because just love. You know, my husband always uh, when we were dating, he was always a gentleman. He always did things above and beyond. And but what really attracted me to him was, you know, when I said, "Why do you love me?" And, you know, it wasn't all oh, because you know it wasn't the physical attributes that he. Named. I mean, of course, he named some of the physical attributes, but that wasn't it. They booted, they booted, they booted, booted. Okay. Booted. But what really actually um, got my attention is when he said, well, because, like, I've been through a lot in my life. And after, you know, talking with him about those things and for him to sit there and say, well, you know, I feel a purpose in your life. You know, at that time, it was something different. I've never heard anyone, you know, say something like that. Like, I feel a purpose in and um I feel like I have a purpose in your life. You know, I I don't want you to have to go through anything anymore. If I can help it, I'm going to be the person to make sure that you're good. I feel like God has placed me here, you know, to provide a better life for you, to help provide a better life for you. And for me, that was something very important, especially during that time when I was going through a lot and I didn't know who to trust. And And to be honest, you know, I feel like sometimes people – can look at my life and like, Oh, well, you have a husband that's loving and caring and you have a child and you know, you have this career, but like all this stuff didn't happen because I wished it actually. Um, I thought that I wasn't going to get married and have kids until like at in my thirties, you know, I, I I never planned on having kids and a husband the time that I did, because when it was time for me and my husband to kind of make that next step, When it was time for me and my husband, I'm sorry, guys. Jr. woke up, so he's um, asking for stuff. Um, When it was time for me and my husband to make that move, I wasn't really too sure. You know, I didn't want to make the move because I love this guy. I didn't want to make this move because I think that, you know, maybe you know he feels like he has a purpose in my life and that he's gonna be there. You know, I wanted to be strictly um, from God, so. Um, Cody didn't mention when he graduated from Fort Valley, I already had a scholarship full ride to UT. And he had previously that previous summer, he had um, interned at um, USDA NRCS in Florida. So he already had got a job offer in Florida and Texas wasn't hiring. So he had came to me. He was like, well, you can get into any school. Yeah, you're right. I can get into any school, but I may not get a full scholarship in that school, but I can get into any school. And I felt like, you know what? And it was a hard decision because it was like, I feel like God has set up my life before I even knew who Cody Langston was. God had already set up my life for me to be able to go to school, two awesome schools, um, debt free. You know, they actually paid me. You know, it was a blessing. I actually got paid to go to school, basically. Um, So I was like, well, I can't turn down UT. I can't do that. I feel like God wants me to be at UT. And it was a hard choice because I knew, but I was like, I know God is working in your life. And if Florida is where you need to go, you need to go. And when I told him that, you know, I knew like, let's try to work on it long distance. And I didn't know how it was going to go. But you know, I didn't want to mess up what God was doing in his life. You know, maybe God only put us um, together to help me get through college because I had a very strenuous schedule. I had 21 hours um semester. I had labs. You know, I was a science major, a chemistry major, so I had labs. You know, I had about, like, 10 classes. You know, I was stressed out, and Cody came into my life, and he kind of, like, eased it. You know, he helped me to... Um, he helped ease my anxiety. He helped me have fun. He helped me to lay back. He helped me to see the bigger picture in life. It wasn't just about career. It wasn't just about making the grades. You know, he helped me to have fun, and and I really needed that. And he helped me to build trust in someone, which is something that I I extremely needed at that time. And I was like, well, maybe God just wants me wanted Cody in my life at that at that point. I didn't know what God was doing, and it, and it was hard, but I didn't want him. I didn't want him to come to Texas just to come to Texas for me. If if you're getting a job in Florida and there's no openings in Texas and everybody in Texas is telling, you no, go to Florida, you know, I'm not going to be selfish in that, but you know, we really wanted to be together. But the awesome thing is Cody would just send in his resume. He wasn't applying to job. It wasn't like he applied to a, a job posting. He would just send in his resume just randomly, you know, that could have gone in the garbage. Um, It was like, um, I can't remember exactly um, the timing, but I think it was like a couple of weeks after graduation. You know, he was like, man, I'm going to have to accept this offering for He really didn't want to accept the offering for it. Like, his heart was telling him not to. And come to find out, a soil scientist went ahead and resigned. And the HR guy just randomly had Cody's resume on his desk. And he called Cody up and he was like, you know, um, we have an opening for you. You know, and Cody's like, I'll take him. But it was in Corpus Christi. And at that point in my life, I realized, wow, God, God is working. You know, it really opened my eyes. Like maybe God wants me to be with Cody. Like he's really worked that situation out. And um, so let's see how this, let's see where this goes. And then when Cody came to Texas, you know, he proposed to me, he was still in Corpus Christi and, um, you know, we went ahead and, you know, we were taking our relationship to the next step. Cause one thing I did tell Cody was that I'm not going to move in with anybody and not be married. That's something that that's the standard I almost set in my life. I cannot move in. And, and I'm not talking about anybody that has done that. It's just for me and my life, I wasn't going to move in with someone without being married to them. And, um, because I just feel like that's a huge, huge life step. And a lot of things can happen. Life can take over. And if you're not ready to get married, it can become a very messy situation. So, um, so Cody proposed to me. He was still in Corpus Christi. And then we got married, went ahead in and, and got married. And then like, what, five or four or five months later, we end up actually moving in together for the first time being married. And that was just a, a, a huge... Leap of faith and the above love concept to me, I feel like you know, and we've been through a lot of things. And I feel like you have to have that purpose. I felt like a purpose in Cody's life because you know he wasn't really motivated as a child, and I came to his life and I and I motivated him. You know, a lot of things that my husband are doing now is because of me, and I'm not saying that to brag. It's because I'm always trying to make him the best person that he can be, and that's something that I bring to the table. Beyond just what I look like or beyond what I can do, I make him feel like he can do more than what he feels like he's capable of doing. And I just feel like, you know, when you have, when you feel like you have a purpose in someone's life, you know, it's stronger than just that, that kind of love that comes from purpose is stronger than just any kind of random love. Because you have to understand, you can love anybody. God made us to love you know, we can love anybody, but the strength and bond in that comes from a spiritual connection. It comes from purpose. You know, it's not about, oh, we end up having a baby. Let's just try to make this situation work. No, I'm with you because I feel like I have a purpose in your life. I feel like I can make you greater and we can live life and we can have a family because we just want to make each other's lives greater.
0: Yeah. Um, that was beautiful. What you said, um, a lot of that resonates with me because I'm 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 just thinking through it as you uh, chronologically put it out there that 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 was that, big, man. That was big. And so that I say above love, like she said as well, uh, it's, it's just beyond just regular love. Like it was it was it, it seemed like it was from it was from God, like God actually ordained our steps and it wasn't nece- it wasn't necessarily steps that we knew we needed to take. There were steps that were put in front of us. Like you can just say you can't see the next step, but all of a sudden, okay, here's a step right here. You're taking that step. Uh, that's what happened. That's what's continuously happening. Yeah, girl. but you
1: have to. But in order for that to happen, people have to understand that you have to put God first because some decisions are hard to make. You know, I didn't know what was going to be of our relationship if you went to Florida, but you know, I was willing to try to make it work. But I knew that a long distance relationship is kind of hard to work, and I had to come to realization. I had to talk to God. Well, maybe Cody's not maybe Cody's not meant to be in my life, you know, long term, you know, if he is, you know, you'll, you'll direct me, you'll let me know that, but I'm willing, I know that your purpose for me is to go to UT. I know that full, full heartily, So I'm going to choose you. And it's in and, and it's something that's hard for people to do. A lot of people choose a human being over God. You have to choose God first. And when I tell God, I choose you, I choose what you want from me above my own personal human feelings he blessed my relationship triple, you know, and and when Cody and I got married, a lot of things just just happened for us. You know, when we came to Houston, we came to Houston, you know, on a wing and a prayer basically. And Cody was still driving an hour, and 30 minutes to College Station, but my husband sacrificed, you know, that drive so I can be in Houston in order to be in the oil and gas industry. And then God blessed him with a job here in Houston that he will be able to transfer here to office that he never thought that he would be able to even transfer to. So, you know, you have to put God first and have God be in control of your relationship.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's the uh, story behind the, the concept of the above love uh, name for the podcast. Um, We need to uh, go keep it moving because I hear a little okay. man moving around. Um want to kind of discuss marriage issues versus dating issues really quick uh what issues do you think um you're faced with with marriage versus you know when you're dating
1: well I guess with me because like I definitely I think with a lot of people marriage issues and dating issues kind of intertwine but I know with me I kind of when I was dating you I was dating you you weren't my husband we weren't playing we weren't playing house we never played house she was just my boyfriend and I think sometimes with dating especially when you that initial step is the trust you know and I know people and I think it's a different kind of trust issue at the beginning when you first get to know someone then you may have later on in the relationship you know because like you know when we first dated we did petty things like I need your passwords to everything I need to check and see what you got going on and you know and there's there's lies there's the seed, you know, because because like you don't know whether or not you're gonna be with that person, and and it's, sometimes it's hard to give your full self to someone because you think you're gonna get hurt, so you feel like you gotta keep, you know, a, a part of you, um, away from that person, and it's just like going through those initial stages, those petty stages, you know, mm-hmm. with dating versus marriage.
0: Right, right. I think one crucial one would be, uh, whenever you're dating it doesn't really matter what your girlfriend or boyfriend might be planning to do, um, career wise. But once you're married, your career is kind of intertwined in a way that you never even think about until you get married. Because for uh, instances, uh, we're we're trying to decide where we're going to, uh, where, whose career is going to dictate where we live. Um, if we're going to move for career advancements for one particular career, um, that's that's huge as a as a married couple because you have to make sense of it, and that's well,
1: it's 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 huge because you have to understand sometimes in a well a lot of times in a marriage of sacrifice. You know, when you get married, you have to understand, and I don't think people really fully grasp what being married is about sharing your life with someone. There's always sacrifice; you can't get away from it, you can't hide it. There's no place for selfishness in a marriage. There's sacrifice. And you want your family to be happy and you can't be chasing after something that is more on a material basis unless it's going to make your entire family happy. You know, so say if we both have have good jobs, right? And say my job wants me to get a position to where I'm going to travel and I'm going to be Gone. So if I talk to you about it and you say, "Well, babe, you know, if it's if it's something to where like, okay, you're gonna be making X amount of money and we kind of need that right now. We're going through a financial crisis. We kind of and we kind of need that. And we both agree on that. And it's like, you know what? We rather, you know, I would rather you travel and we can get through this. But we actually need that finance. You know, that's a different situation. But when when you both are in a good place. And and you may not need that extra money, you know, sometimes money is not everything or a position is not everything thing that's going to be taking you away from your home. You just want it because it's different when you want it because you you need to self uplift. Well, I need to feel like I'm worth something because now I'm getting more money or now I have this title versus is my family going to benefit or my family not going to benefit? Is it going to be harder on my family? Am I making things harder for my family because of my own personal interest? Sometimes you have to put, and it's hard to say that. Sometimes you have to put your own personal interest, you know, to the side, especially if it comes to affecting your family. If your husband's like, no, I don't want to be taking um, so-and-so to practices all by myself, you're going to miss out on a lot. If that's going to be a dent in your family dynamic, I don't think that's the choice that you should make if you're making it, just so you can be uplifted. But if you're making it because it's a financial issue and both y'all are in agreement, that's a whole different story.
0: Yeah, and uh, but at the same time, yeah. your career um, is extremely important to you. If you're actually working hard enough to actually build a career and develop in your career, it's important to you. It's who you are it's part, part of your legacy. It will be part of your legacy. So you want to do the best you can and become the best that you can. So feeling like you can't expound on your expertise, uh, you can't expand into different markets or different areas. It feels like you're kind of limiting yourself. And so some people may feel like they are being stunted, like their growth is being stunted. And I, I, I was at that point because, you know, it was several times that I was having several opportunities out of state Um for different positions to make you know a lot of a a lot of money you know and we just couldn't do it because it didn't make sense and um it took me actually sitting back to realize it didn't make sense and so if you don't actually have a chance to look at it from a holistic view you're not going to make the right decision because i think if i actually would have capitalized on any any of those opportunities it would have been a big mistake
1: Yeah, because you were looking at it more so on a personal level than the family dynamic. And, um, you know, and you have to understand that um, when you're um, doing that, you know, when you're making decisions, it has to be based off of the family dynamic. What is good for your family? It's not about what's good for you personally. It's about what's good for you because are we making sacrifices for you to be whole or make sacrifices for the family to be whole because when you go selfish everything's gonna fall apart
0: that's true that's true and I had to learn that I definitely had to learn that um I still and
1: and, and it's hard I mean it's hard but you have to understand that when you got married it wasn't it's never been about you you know especially when you have children it's it's definitely not it's not even about you and your husband it's about the kids you know
0: it's true that's true but it a lot of people can't really um, can't really put that aside, uh, th- themselves versus their family, because it's supposed to be intertwined at that time.
1: Yeah, but something Steve Jobs said before he, he passed, he said, you know, I spent my entire life building up this company. And now that I know that I'm in my final stages of life, I missed out on a lot with my family. And it's like, you know, he has this, this this great empire, you know, this 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 great company that he built just in his garage. He started in his garage, and he worked his life off for that company, and it's a big success, you know. And out of all that success and being Steve Jobs, you know, he's always going to re- be remembered. He's always going to be talked about. They're probably going to have a class if, not, if they haven't done it already on Steve Jobs, you know but he said his biggest regret was not being there for his kids' baseball practices, you know, not being there for the family to watch movies, being too busy. So sometimes we're chasing success because we need that personal security. We have insecurities about ourselves. We feel like our worth is in a position. Our worth is in money. Our worth is in, you know, what we do, but our our worth – and I'm learning this even so now my worth is not, you know, in what I do. You know, what I do, you know, yes, I'm I'm great at it, but that's not all me. You know, I'm I'm a community person, you know, I love kids, you know, focusing my attention on that's what I'm worth. You know, my worth is is um you know, helping someone, you know, learn about Jesus, you know. Um I'm my worth is being around little kids, making sure that they're safe and they're they're in a in a trusted environment, and and teaching kids about Jesus, you know, my my worth extends beyond an, a title and a paycheck.
0: Right, right, and I definitely agree. Um, I've definitely found uh, my worth extended outside of career. Um, it's definitely extended with community service community outreach and things of that nature that that is what i look forward to that is what i hang my hat on i think that's that's something that would be remembered um whenever i pass nobody's gonna remember my job or you know i'm saying like whatever he did oh he he did a good job at whatever he was doing yeah but in the community your impact your impact is huge your impact is huge
1: and you gotta understand, grass is not always greener because I know when I was traveling offshore, it was exciting. You know, I'm traveling, I'm seeing places that I've never seen, and I'm doing things that I've never done, and it was all exciting. But when I was when I was doing that, I missed so much. And actually, traveling offshore made me realize, um, then that it's not all about career. Career, you can make so much money; it's ridiculous, but it's not worth. Just I missed out on every I missed on a lot of things. I missed out on my God um children's birthday parties. I missed out on hanging out with friends. I missed out on just before we even have JR, just the little things that I missed out on then. It's like life is more than this. It's more than just, just chasing after titles, more than chasing after money. Money's not everything.
0: Right, right. But now that you bring that up, um certain positions you can retire super early. You can retire within what, fifteen years with some of the stuff that you are out there doing, right? Right. So how does it uh how does it measure up possibly being able to retire in fifteen years and having the rest of your life to do whatever and dedicate your life to surfing well, and being a part of everything versus for, spreading for, it for. out?
1: Okay, for our dynamic, you know, I had endometriosis and thank God God placed a surgeon in my life. It actually worked on my organs and then give me a hysterectomy because I had endometriosis to the extreme level that he said that if I wasn't 21 on that table, he would have gave me a full hysterectomy. So with endometriosis, time wasn't on my side. So, yes, I can work offshore, but if I did that, I would have, even if we had a child, I would have missed so much. And it would have been hard on you to, you know, it was our first child for both of us. It's a lot of work, right? You know that could have you know t- tore our relationship apart. Can you imagine having to be responsible for doing all that stuff? Cause you'd have been responsible for everything.
0: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have been able to deal with him by myself. Like <laughs> that little dude, man. I mean, ooh, cause I, I I'm the disciplinary, and so. I would have been that 24-7, so he wouldn't have had a chance to get the loving me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he gets the loving me because if I throw out, you know, discipline to him, you know, he might be upset for a little while. Then he comes to you and, you oh, know, Mommy, I love you, da-da-da-da-da. So whenever he's back being a kid that's listening, then I can jump in there and be the cool dad. You know what I'm saying? I love being the cool dad. That's my favorite role. But I also know my role is to be the disciplinary, right? I would have yeah. never had the opportunity to transition between those two and so he would have only known me as the mean disciplinary he wouldn't have known the fun dad uh, to where we're, we're out and where the codys were doing this doing, you know what I'm saying he would never he wouldn't he wouldn't have ever had the uh he wouldn't have ever been able to experience that
1: right and he wouldn't have been able to experience I me and I wouldn't want to be you know and I wouldn't have wanted been absent from my child's life that would have broke my heart no amount of money is worth that and then to eventually be able to make that money anyway you know doing something different Mm -hmm. you know didn't know that at the time but you know no amount of money is worth you know missing out on your family man i
0: was at work the other day and i was looking through our old emails when you were offshore and stuff and they were so heartfelt because you know we didn't see each other um for what maybe two weeks and then you come back for like maybe a couple of days and then you might have another ship to jump on, whatever, whatever. Um, I was reading and I was like, man, that was some difficult times for both of us. Cause I can remember, you know, I I couldn't get in contact. I couldn't talk to you. So it was just uh, emails. And when I talked to you, you know, you start, you crying and stuff like that because you didn't like being away. Um, I didn't like the fact that you were on, you know, a ship with a bunch of, a bunch of guys and you don't know what them guys, thinking doing or anything like that I couldn't protect you you know what I'm saying like it's it's like now if you have an issue at work I can pull up it might take me about 45 minutes or an hour but I'll be there you know what I'm saying <laughs> but I could I can't just pull up whenever you offshore you know what I'm saying so yeah um I see where we where we come from as far as uh, you and your career and where we are now uh together um I love the progression uh, I love the fight too I love the fight cuz it, it got us to where we are we're able to speak on that as well Uh, we got to keep on moving forward the last topic we're going to talk about is um, there's no debating Beyonce versus uh, Michael Jackson a lot of people have said there's no debating it the consensus is that Beyonce is a better performer than Michael Jackson
1: well I don't agree with the consensus
0: so Michael Jackson's better
1: no I wouldn't say anyone's better than anybody. I feel like in this culture in this in this this world that we live in, it's always competitive. Someone has to be better than somebody. Why can't someone just be in their own space? Beyoncé is great because of XYZ. Michael Jackson is great because of XYZ. No. Z, y-
0: he's great because of ZYX. He's the opposite. Well ZYX? Opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Y-Y-X? it's not whatever. Because the way but it's it like is. Why,
1: but my but my whole point is why are we even comparing? Number one, Michael Jackson catered to a whole different generation. Beyonce is catering to a whole different generation. Mm-hmm. And she's great in her own space. Michael Jackson was great in his own space. Mm-hmm. There's some things that Beyonce can do that Michael Jackson can do. There's something that Michael Jackson can do, could could do that Beyonce can't do. There's no comparison. I hate it when people compare. Even like when it comes to LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is a great basketball player in his own right. LeBron James is a great basketball player in his own right. I feel like when you start comparing, it's like you take away from that person's talent, that person's gift, because you're trying to put them in a box that someone else has already filled. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you're you're taking away you're trying to say they're not great because this person was greater no no there's no such thing as that and they're great
0: they're great and people always say the goat. you know the greatest of all time the greatest of all time has never been limited to just one person it's always been oh he's a goat he's a goat he's one of the greatest of all times she's one of the greatest of all time it's not just one person because they're different dynamics that you can measure it on. You, you got so many different analytics that you can judge who's the best off of, uh, whether it's basketball or, um, or um, just music. Like you can judge it off record sales. You can judge it off of uh, most championships in basketball. You know what I'm saying? You can judge it off a lot of different things. And so for people to say the performing um, essence of, you know, the, the artistry that really doesn't do anybody any justice because they're unique. And it's it kinda it's kinda, to kinda, me kinda, and to
1: me and to me it really people when people say that they just they just need something to say because number one, I think Michael Jackson has been gone for a while and I think people kinda have already forgotten, you know, him. And it's easy to say Beyonce is better because Beyonce is right in front of you. You know what I'm saying? I think if Michael Jackson was still living today and performing, you know, that, that's this wouldn't even be a topic.
0: Right. And so that okay. That that's uh interesting because that brings me to another um Another perspective that I have, maybe if you compare two people that are still live and well and doing their thing, you can kind of compare them. So if you compared, um, let's say, a a Chris Brown with, uh, I would say Omarion, but Omarion's not as active as he used to be. But compare somebody that's actively still in the sport or still in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, a fair comparison because they're still doing it right now. So you can see who you feel is the best. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. somebody but I don't
1: think, but I don't think, but I think that we need to get away with comparison. We always want to compare. We always want to put somebody down. You're not better than this person. Just like you say with Chris Brown. Yes, he's a good dancer. He's a great if you dancer. If you, if you compare him to Usher, Usher was a good, Usher was a good artist in his time. Yeah, He had his time. He was a good artist. Just because Chris Brown come, comes and Chris Brown can move and perform a little <laughs> different, different, doesn't it it doesn't minimize what Usher has done. You no, what I'm saying? it
0: doesn't. But uh, Chris Brown does more than just sing and dance. Like he's an athlete.
1: But that's all, Chris. All, Br- but that's Chris Brown. It, does, it doesn't. But when you compare people, who's better than that? You're minimizing what that other person doing and maximizing what the next person okay. doing. So and what we shouldn't I, do that. So
0: what I would say about Chris Brown is he he's um he has a lot of different things that he excels at more more than just music and artistry and stuff like that he he's just he's a different kind of person he is
1: and, 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 to, and to be honest i mean comparing chris brown usher, usher probably has other things too but we haven't seen we haven't seen that you don't know oh, i've
0: i've seen usher hoop he ain't, he ain't on chris brown but Bond just but just, because, but
1: just because chris brown can hoop is seems it doesn't minimize what usher has done in the music industry
0: it's not it's not I'm just saying that Chris Brown is probably uh more of a diverse artist than I think um Usher is because Chris Brown has shown he's shown uh multiple outlets and multiple things that he can actually do exceptionally well and that's the only reason why I say that
1: yes, but I'm just saying that that's because of chris brown's personality and who Chris Brown is individually. That's what I'm saying. We don't have to we don't have to go into comparing. Well, who's better, Chris Brown or Usher? Usher was great in his time and what he does. Chris Brown is good in his time and what he does. We don't have to minimize what Usher has done, done, and maximize what Chris Brown is doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. I get it. I get
1: That's you. all I'm saying. And I just feel like our our um the world does that. Like we have to compare. And I think that. You know that's why a lot of you know African Americans we don't we don't appreciate each other because we're constantly in comparison. We don't have to minimize each other to maximize yourself. You know what I'm saying? Let's okay. You can cook. You can you could do all these things good. I can cook too, you know. But you know you make it cook some things better than I can. But just because you can cook, just because you cook gumbo better than me, it doesn't minimize the things that I could cook. You know better than you, you know it's just that we're both good cooks in our own right. We can do certain things in our own right,
0: yeah that's that's dope. you don't have to minimize someone else to maximize yourself i I dig that, I dig that um, I think we're gonna end this podcast off with that um that's a a great quotable for you to um take throughout the week. You don't have to minimize anybody else to maximize yourself, and so we all need to maximize ourselves, and so I think we're gonna um go ahead and end this podcast uh it's been great talking with you guys uh i love getting on the podcast because i get to uh, vocalize my opinions a little bit more than i do throughout the week nice. and um uh, i'm your boy and and, and
1: and i and i just say um everyone during this week you know find ways to be positive find ways to uplift people you know let's just Put more positivity out there in the world.
0: Right, right, right. You just cut me off too, because I was doing I'm your boy Cody and I had the music queued up and everything. But yeah, I'm, I'm, my, no, no, it's all good. It's all dude. Has positivity and everything. That's all good. That's all good. Positivity first, everybody. I'm your boy Cody. And uh that's yeah, Jasmine when we signing out. All
1: right. All right, see ya.